Hi everyone, welcome back to Ortho Radio. I'm Nick Bertha. I'm back here today with Dr. Rob Gallo, one of our uh, sports fellowship trained orthopedic surgeons here at Hershey Medical Center. Thanks for coming back with us today, Dr. Gallo. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dr. Bertha. So today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about meniscus tears. This is something that has been very common, very widespread in the young and old alike. Uh, so we want to give us a little bit more background and information on that. I want to start out just What's the importance of the meniscus, and why is this something that bothers folks so much, and why does it happen so often? So meniscus really has two major purposes. The first one is it serves as a shock absorber. So it really is whole purpose is to protect the articular cartilage. The articular cartilage is like the asphalt on a road, and the meniscus just protects that, so it unloads some of the weight. So when, whenever you injure the meniscus and you lose some of the meniscus, um, you're just putting more pressure on that cartilage, which then can lead to arthritis. So when we have a tear, how does that change the mechanics of the meniscus? Is it all tears the same? So tears are much different depending on what they look like. So tears that certain tears we know are going to heal better than others. Certain tears are, are just more amenable to repair just because of the configuration than others. And then you also have to consider the, the quality of the tissue. So the same tear in a 15-year-old might not be the same in a 6-year-old because the tissue isn't as good. Sure. When we have some of like the other tears, they talk about like a longitudinal tear or a radial tear. Which one of those are actually tears that are that something that we can target or address? Are they all something that we can do some sort of procedure for? So most tears you can do something for. Uh, sometimes you trim, trim the piece out or sometimes you repair it. A lot depends on, the, like we talked about, like you just mentioned, the configuration of the tear. So the ones that are perpendicular to the floor usually those are ones that you tend to fix a little bit more, especially if they're oriented in the same way that the fibers of the meniscus are oriented. The ones that are parallel to the floor are a little bit more challenging and they're a little bit more controversial. So those kind of change depending on what it's like. How about the when there's a tear of the root? How does that actually change the meniscus uh, mechanics? And is that a more significant tear than some of the other tear types? Yeah, so that tear is, is something largely neglected probably 10 or 15 years ago. And we just trim out the meniscus in that area. And we're seeing it's more and more important to unload the femur and the tibia, mm -hmm. th that posterior root. So that root, once you tear that root, the, really the whole function of the meniscus goes away. And so it's really important to address that, you know, whether you fix it or you have a discussion that most likely in that scenario, if you don't fix it, you're going to progress. The patient's going to progress to arthritis within five or 10 years. Okay. So that's a pretty fast time course for them to really kind of start to have effects. So in that case, that sounds like that's something that would usually be fixed almost always. Is there other tear types that get fixed almost always? So the posterior root doesn't always get fixed because a lot of times it's part of the disease. So if it's far enough along and it's an arthritic or someone's older and those, the surgery doesn't always produce the effect that you're hoping for mm -hmm. with the root repair. And it's a pretty long recovery. So that one is, it's a discussion. You look at all the factors and really with meniscus, that is the way it is for the most part. You look at every factor, you look at the tear, you look at the person, you look at their goals and you look at what they can do and what they can't. Cause there's a big difference between the rehab and a lot of these. So if you, if you just trim the piece out, then people usually recover pretty quickly. If you repair the, the meniscus, you put sutures in it, then you have to protect that repair for several weeks or months. Okay. So it kind of takes a little more time to do the actual post-operative protocol. How about, I know on a lot of MRIs we see, especially as folks get older and older, that they have a degenerative tear. We often have patients that come in asking, what does that mean and what can you do for the degenerative tear? Can you tell us a little bit about what that means for the patients with that? Yeah. So the degenerative tear, 
oftentimes we see that in the setting of underlying arthritis. And I think that's the real difficult decision to be made is, is do you fix the meniscus or do you just treat that non-operative? There's some studies that, that try to explore that a little bit deeper and they tend to say that you can treat these non-operatively and do well. However, in those studies, there are some crossover. So mm-hmm. people who were originally supposed to be non-surgical wind up crossing over. Okay. I think the best estimation we have is, is it causing catching or clicking? Do you feel like something is stuck in your knee mm-hmm. and it periodically locks or you can't move it? That's more of an indication to go after the meniscus than the arthritis. Okay, okay. So that really kind of plays a role. So I know that you're, you're kind of mentioning some of the these studies. So if, if folks that have really, really bad arthritis, that kind of changes what kind of you would want to do in those Correct. And one of the common things that we see is that people want to just get the MRI and not get the x-ray first. The x-ray, especially when it's taken weight-bearing, is super important because that gives you a like a real global sense of the health of the knee, how arthritic is it. Without that, we see MRIs all the time that show meniscus tears and that people have terrible arthritis. And it, it doesn't, that's not as helpful as actually the x-ray. How about moving into some of the treatment types? What are some of the non-operative treatments that we typically do for meniscus tears? And how successful are non-operative treatments for meniscus tears? So sometimes we'll try physical therapy. And I think that just helps mobilize the rest of the joint. I also think that there's like an inflammatory process. When you have a, a meniscus tear, your knee will get inflamed. And then sometimes the value is just waiting, you know, whether it's doing therapy or just kind of modifying your activities, giving it six weeks or three months. And a lot of times that initial pain that you were having tends to go away. Okay. Um, other things you can do is do a steroid injection. Those are kind of the two bigger things we do for yeah. this guy. When you kind of give that period with physical therapy and rest, do the tears actually heal themselves or is it more that they just become not as painful? They just become not as painful. They gotcha. probably don't heal themselves. The only caveat to that would be sometimes with the, in the ACL, people who tear their ACL and have a meniscus tear with that. Sometimes those actually do heal themselves. And we go and fix the ACL and you realize that the meniscus tear that they had is now healed. Oh, wow. Okay. And is there a reason that those ones kind of heal more than some of the other type of tears? The meniscus tears associated with an ACL tear usually heal a lot better because the there's so much bleeding that goes into the joint when you tear your ACL, mm-hmm. whereas that's part of the problem with a standard meniscus tear without an ACL is that there's not a great blood supply of the meniscus, okay. and so there's nothing to nourish it or help it heal. Okay. So that's part of the reason, I guess, why when we do some of these repair versus removing part of that piece of the meniscus is related to the blood supply of it. Correct. So as far as um, operative treatments go, you kind of touched a little bit upon this, but where does your decision making come into play when you're choosing between whether or not you're going to do a removing that piece of the meniscus where it's torn versus actually repairing it? Does age matter, tear type? So tear type is a big one. So there's only certain tear types that are amenable to treatment because the blood supply of the meniscus is usually around its edge, it's not in the center. So meniscus is relatively C-shaped, so it's gonna be on the outer edge that's gonna be more vascularized. So it's only vascularized for a couple millimeters. As you get older, that recedes, so it becomes less and less as a percentage is vascularized. So first of all, it has to be in that area. Age does play into it, but it's not as much as you would think. The younger patients, while they may have a better blood supply, they're also more active, so they're more likely to re-tear it. Oh, okay. Body habits plays into it a little bit. Okay. Um, positively and negatively. So if, it, if someone's heavier, more obese, and it's a big tear, then a lot of times you'll fix those because you know that they're going to progress more rapidly oh, okay. to arthritis. So, I mean, there, it's, it's a back and forth like ages. The chronicity of the tear plays into it. If it's been there for three years, it's probably not going to heal if gotcha. you try and fix it. 
Okay. And then you talked about configuration of the tear. So there's kind of a lot of factors that kind of go into it and kind of all play a role into deciding whether or not you want to. As far as the outcomes go for doing a repair, do most patients have pretty good relief from that? What's the percentage look like? For when you when you repair when put you repair. sutures in it, it's very variable depending on what what the indication was to fix it. Sure. There are certain tears we know will do really well. Mm-hmm. There are some studies that show, especially in the athletic population, if you take the piece out or you fix it, the people who long-term, if they can get through it and it heals, that those people do better if you fix it than if you take it out. So you're really in the athletic population, you're really going to try and save it okay. if you can. Okay. But with the caveat that if it doesn't heal, you repair it, doesn't heal, you have to take it out. That's two surgeries. That's more missed time from those recreational activities. Gotcha. How about for the athletes that I know they want to be able to get back very quickly to their sport and, you know, they may have a tear that could be repaired, but they want to get back as fast as possible. What do you tell those folks that may be coming in trying to see how, you know, what's the fastest way I can get back? Yeah, that's that's usually a pretty involved discussion just because you have to look past the short gain sometimes and look at the long-term mm-hmm. gain. So if it's, you know, if it's a high school student athlete and they're, they're saying, how can I get back for the junior season? You say, like, you might not do as well next year. You may not be able to play in college. You're, you're looking at arthritis in 10 or 15 years if you don't fix it, as opposed to so sometimes you have to talk to them about the long game instead of the short game. So they're kind of keeping the eyes on the prize, so to speak, kind of waiting, see what the long-term kind of goals are, be better fair to do the right thing up front rather than get back immediately and be able to get back into that sport. Uh, how about uh, when folks have like the partial meniscectomies, does that increase the rate of developing arthritis? It does, but it, it's almost exponential. So if you take a millimeter, significantly less than two millimeters, it just the more you take, the, it's, it's exponential. It's not like a straight two mm-hmm. times as much if you take two times as meniscus. Mm-hmm. And if you get within a couple millimeters of that rim of the, the edge where the meniscus meets the capsule, and then you're really shooting up. Gotcha. So it really kind of depends how much of that you really have to take. And it also depends if it's lateral meniscus or medial meniscus. Oh. If you take a lot of lateral meniscus, then it's going to be much more likely to develop arthritis. The, the medial compartment tends to tolerate a partial medial meniscectomy better than a lateral side does. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's uh, interesting to know. How about postoperatively? How does the course change between whether or not you decide to do the repair versus doing the partial meniscectomy or removing the tear? significantly and that's that's why the big discussion um so if you do a partial meniscectomy if you just trim the piece out then usually you're weight bearing right away we pretty much advance your activities as tolerated over the first six weeks to three months and usually by six months most people are in pretty good shape if you're an athlete a lot of times you're back to play in six weeks wow okay meniscus repair completely different Mm -hmm. so we protect that for at least six weeks in terms of weight bearing so you're gonna be partial weight bearing at least for six weeks and then usually earliest I would let someone go back to play is three months. Oh, okay. And well, a lot of times if you're really trying to be careful, it's six, okay. six months. You're really going to try and baby that. Okay. So it's a much, much different kind of course to be able to get back to, to doing the activities that you want to be able to do. Well, no, that, that, that makes sense as far as kind of how you have to change that if you've actually repaired it versus kind of just removed that aspect. How about the rates of re-tearing? Is that something that is commonly seen or is it typically a tear in a different location if they tear again usually if they tear again it's in the same spot Mm -hmm. and it you know that's always tough to quantify that even if you look at the rates of healing in meniscus studies there's two ways of looking at it is it symptomatic or are they finding this on mri and sometimes on the mri or second look scopes there's three different ways to look at that 
the MRIs often will show increased signal in that area because meniscus usually isn't healing with meniscus tissue. It's healing with scar tissue. So it's mm -hmm. always going to look a little different on the MRI. Gotcha. And so it always is difficult to, to determine if it's actually healed or not. Sure. How, how often do we find that folks have a meniscus tear but don't have any symptoms from it whatsoever? It's pretty common, especially as you get older. So you, you get over 50 or 60, then meniscus tears are very common in the population. And that's why we don't just order the MRI first. You yeah. usually get the x-ray to see yeah. uh, if there's something else that may be causing it. Kind of gives a better idea of what the knee looks like as a whole as opposed to just saying, hey, the meniscus is messed up. Correct. Gotcha. Uh, well, that sounds great. There's a lot of really great information in there uh, about the meniscus tears and all the treatment options that we could do. I'd just like to open it up to you, Dr. Gallo. Is there anything else you'd like to mention regarding meniscus tears? Meniscus is really challenging because it's it's not one size fits all. So, you know, you tear your ACL and you're 15 years old, you're probably going to get your ACL reconstructed. Meniscus not necessarily the case. And so there's a lot of different treatments for the meniscus. I think some of the interesting things is how do we get this to heal and what emerging technologies are going to help us. Um, there's some pretty good preliminary data that, that platelet-rich plasma, mm -hmm. you know, you take blood out of your arm and, and you take out the, the healing factors within the, the blood. Uh, that may help increase the heal rates. And I think that's going to be the area of research that's really going to help us. Is there some emerging technologies that might help us increase that heal rates? You know, there's other, you know, there's, there's always, I always get the question is, is there anything else you can put in when you take the piece out? Yeah. And so far we don't have that. But, if, you know, if somehow we can improve the biologics, that if inserting a collagen patch with biologics, yeah. maybe that may be an avenue in the future. Wow. to help with some of the arthritis. Uh, that would be, that'd be really amazing to see kind of how that could change and really kind of focusing on the biologic aspect instead of just the mechanical aspect. How about when things like stem cells, has that been looked at uh, to try to help healing? I know that that's popular in the osteoarthritis literature. I have not seen as much for the meniscus mm -hmm. tears itself, and, and where we would use it is probably in the repair setting. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a study that just looks straight at stem cells and meniscus healing rates. Yeah, okay. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, much like I, I talked with Dr. Dewan on rotator cuff tears, you know, I, I think the, you know, looking at the facets of both the mechanical aspect of the repair and the biologic aspect will be a really interesting avenue moving forward to see if we can get, you know, even better results than what we have now. I agree. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, Dr. Gallo. I really appreciate you taking the time and sitting down and discussing this uh, complex topic with me today. Thank you very much. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Please tune in again next time for our next episode of Ortho Radio. Thanks.